0: Welcome back to another episode of Wiff Zonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasco, of course, joined here by Tony Mulvey. We've got a great lineup today. It's the first week and show of October as we head
1: into the fourth quarter. Um, Tony, it's gonna so, be an
0: interesting fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you have peak season, right? Peak. I mean, that's we are well, headed for it. If there is a peak. If there is a peak.
0: Peak is relative though.
1: Yeah. Right? True. You I mean, know. There will still be movements made in the fourth yeah, quarter, and a lot of them, but it's how do they look in comparison to previous years? That's what I'm
0: saying. I mean, like, you know, if you think about it, right, the Smoky Mountains have a peak. It might be a little bit lower than Mount Everest, but it's still a peak.
1: Yeah. Same you know, Smokies same. are shorter yeah. than, or less peaky than the Rockies.
0: They are. Yeah. It's all important things. My backyard, not very peaky, but, and not relevant to this conversation. Anyways. <laughs> um, We've got a lot to discuss here, so we're we're going to look at demand. A lot lot of things are happening from a demand side, okay? We've been looking at that, but there's some acceleration in the movement in demand lately, both on the domestic truckload side, and then we're going to transition and look more on the ocean side, but we're also going to look very heavily at ocean rates. There's been a lot of conversations as to how far do things fall? We know the market's been sliding, how far does it fall? Did we go all the way back to 2019 levels, 2018 levels? Where are we going back to? Did we go back to 1864? Hopefully not, but things are shifting and we're really starting to, I think, see things unfold a little bit um, and quantify how great the impact of these demand shifts are happening. Before we get to all that though, Tony, in just under a month, we have our next event, F3,
1: Future of Freight Festival
0: here in Chattanooga.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is going to be awesome, right? I mean, three days of, I mean, keynotes. Fireside chats with Sonar, with with Sonar. Yeah, I've heard maybe three days of with Sonar. Three days with Sonar. Then you've got we'll have
0: customers of Sonar talking. That'll be great too. It'll a lot of it'll just be like us asking questions and then just kind of like letting them talk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I mean, obviously, experiences, right? Networking aspect of it. I mean, that's going to be a big theme at this. I mean, you if you look at at the that tentative agenda, I mean, you've got stuff from. 7 a.m. starting with breakfast all yep. the way up to like 11 p.m. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. So I go
0: to a lot of conferences, mm-hmm. right? Pretty much whenever we don't have this show, it's because I'm somewhere traveling, you know, for work. Usually it's work, not always, but most of the time. Anyways, so we've got, you know, and one of my biggest pet peeves with conferences that we go to is that there's, you know, you you have you have the sessions and everything, and that's great, but sometimes they go until five or six p.m. Mm-hmm. at night. And it, it really drags out the day. Like after lunch, you get a little bit of a boost for lunchtime. You're ready to go. But then it's like, all right, we've got like five more hours after lunch. Like yeah. maybe two more is all we can do. So that's what I'm really looking forward to about this event is basically it goes from like, you know, the, the actual content is from eight to three. Mm-hmm. That's just quick. Day. That's a school day. That's it. We're in. We're out. And then the experiences come. That's what you've been talking about. Yep. Do you, what, what kind of experiences are you looking for? Oh, you, got I any, mean, you got any on top of it? I mean, your
1: we head? saw the the promo. I
0: mean, you saw Axe promo. throwing. Axe Stone's gonna be good. I'm gonna throw down on Axe Town. Just s- uh, to be it? clear.
1: Chattanooga whiskey distilling tours, whiskey things like that. I mean, gonna there's, be a, nice. there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff going yeah. on. And it's not just in the convention center, right? No. I mean, if you think about a lot of these conferences that you've been to, I've been to a few, they're all centered around a convention center. This is centered around the entire city of Chattanooga. Yes. I mean, there's gonna be stuff to do all across town. Oh, for F3. And that's, I think that's the part that's going to be awesome. Yeah. And here's the best part of it all. We will be busing or van people around
0: between all those events. So you don't have to worry about getting yourself there. I think that's great. It's an unfamiliar city for a lot of people. They don't have to worry about getting themselves, calling an Uber, nothing. We're going to take care of that. So anyways, our little uh, self promotional plugs over, but um, it's going to be a great time. You guys should absolutely come. Plus you get to meet Tony and I, which is probably going to be the highlight of your entire life. but um, back to the demand side of things, Tony, um, we've seen the truckload market move a lot. And, and something that Craig always says, Craig Fuller, our CEO, for those that aren't aware, um, is sonar, You know, really, really the, tr- the trucking market specifically in the United States really tracks the physical goods economy. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if you have something in your house or if there's a building or whatever, chances are it was on a truck at some point. So what I want to do here, let's go ahead and throw up this chart. It's a chart that a lot of us are familiar with if you watch the show consistently, so it's our truckload volume chart. Um, And all I want you to look at right now is the blue line. There's a blue and green line there. Just look at the blue line for for a minute. So we've seen seen, this is over the last year, and this is updated as of this morning. Um, So we've seen truckload volume kind of slowly step down there kind of in the fourth quarter last year, but we saw a big acceleration of the step down in March, April, May. but what's interesting is it kind of looks like we're getting into like maybe the third phase of this this step down there, Tony.
1: Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, you look at this, right? Look at that peak right at June, right? Right when we come back from Memorial Day. And look yeah. at what we've done since then, right? It's been down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that trend is down. I think what's worth noting. Tiny little blip there going up to Labor Day. Yeah, being tiny. A lot but I mean, look at where we're at now compared to then. We're, I mean, we're well below that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... That's the part that concerns me a lot. And the real big concern is, so if you look at this, if you were to take the percentage, we've seen a 4.6% drop Yeah. From as of yesterday's from September 26th. Think of that. Yeah, I mean, that's weeks, right. Effectively. Yeah, that's uh, a Just week, over. 10 days, somewhere in that range. I mean, you're seeing what you're seeing. If you think that last week of September, end of the month, end of the quarter, right shippers should be moving things off their docks yeah and demands just not there i think that's the like the tender levels slid in a t- in a period where there should be a little support and there are just yeah. it seems like there wasn't uh, i mean you did see a little blip uh, and i mean some of this I mean, going a little off track i mean you think about obviously we had a hurricane ian hit last week a lot of that stuff doesn't that uh, disaster relief it uh, doesn't get tendered right i mean it's right. it's fema moves it through their own process it's not like a normal shipper moving moving freight right? right so it's more of a you might not see it show up in the volumes but you may see the impact show up in rejection rates right, right. because it'll suck capacity in right. to cover those loads and it's not there for your tender volumes well guess what i mean you haven't seen tender volumes or they continued to decline rejection rates didn't really re- react i mean no. they did in the southeast, there's been upticks in the southeast and rejections.
0: Makes sense for the hurricane, but. But
1: on a national level, I mean, it's it's basically nothing. No impact. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's something to, to note. I mean, you would have thought you might have seen some reaction, and really there just wasn't. Yeah. No, that, that, that's an excellent point
0: here. And I think that's when, when we look at this, it's, you know, the, the, continu- the acceleration of the, of the, of the downward pressure. And then, like you said, kind of the the, the no movement there and the, the tender rejection. So it'll be interesting to see. And this is something where, when we look at fourth quarter, obviously, some folks benefit from this. Some folks don't, right? Yep. I mean, you've got a lot of shippers. Well, sh- shippers are an interesting place, right? Shippers benefit from this in the sense that they can drive their costs down to transport yeah. goods. But on the flip side, if they're moving less inventory from a business perspective, it can hurt them there, especially
1: the yeah. retailers. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it would, I mean, you don't want to show excess inventory necessarily on your balance sheet, right? Right. You want to show that you know that you are reacting kind of the way you should be, or handling that inventory, right? Your demand planning strong, things like Mm -hmm. that. Obviously, the pandemic's made demand planning very difficult, but I mean, you're dealing with a consumer that's changing. And I think that we talk about it all the time, but I don't know if it gets a lot of attention elsewhere. I mean, you're starting to see other mainstream media start talking about changing consumer behaviors, We've been talking about it for months because you just start looking at these trends, right? I mean, you look back really when we saw demand fall off in right. May, March, April, May. We talked about these changing consumer de- or conditions. Then you see the inflation pressures, and you, ultimately the consumer's hurting, and everybody kind of understands that. But people just don't seem to want to talk about it because it it is bad news, right? right? And and it's people don't. It kind of can instill panic or fear to just the everyday consumer, but I mean, understanding how those behaviors are changing, it can kind of lead you into okay, seeing a drop in truckload demand makes sense. Yes,
0: yeah, and this is—I was having a conversation with with a with a a pretty large carrier the other day, and and they were talking about how like okay, this is this is only going to be good for um, you know for shippers; they're going to benefit greatly from this. And on on one side of the aisle, they are right, and that they're Mm going to drive their costs down, but Right, like it's 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 not like costs are coming down as a result of excess capacity. Costs are coming down as a result of declining demand. Mm -hmm. Who has the demand? Shippers. So they just have less to move, which means their sales are going to take a hit. Right. As a result, yes, they do get to save money on the on the freight that they are moving, but it's much less than they were previously moving and would probably like to move. Yeah. Um, So you know, and but rightly so, carriers as well will will. There will be a little bit of pain for some carriers for a while. And some are already feeling that. Some have positioned themselves a little bit better than others mm-hmm. um, to maybe kind of uh, hedge a little bit against this. But uh, it'll, it'll definitely be an interesting fourth quarter for, for both shippers and the logistics providers.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the mailbag question this week was uh, talking on waves Now was talking about who positioned themselves throughout the pandemic mm-hmm. to come out in a better place, right? Yeah. I mean, because if you think about what the pandemic really did, it, it created this, if you think about trucking cycles and how transportation kind of is that cyclical, I mean, perfect example of a cyclical commodity. Yeah. I mean, Craig talks about all the time, trucking is a commodity, right? You're Absolutely. buying or selling, that commodity is the truck and the driver moving the freight. Yeah, I mean, so it's this cyclical change and we've been at this, what, 24 month peak? Yeah it's got to come down and it is coming down and we're seeing it and it's how long how far down does it go and how long does it stay low right i mean if you think 2019 was bad it came off of what a relatively strong 2018 yeah. back half of 17 so i mean we're talking like six quarters right and then we were four quarters both well, really five if you think first quarter of 2021 or 2020 and even the second quarter were relatively soft I mean, periods, granted the pandemic aided some of that softness, but what you're seeing is this, I mean, just an increase, I mean, now it's, we're headed off of a eight quarter upswing. What does it mean on the downside? Yeah. I, think, I know a word that we see a lot is normalization.
0: I. <laughs> I hate that word right now. It's a stupid word. Yeah. Let I'm me just. Fix-
1: what's normal? I mean, yeah. that's the, that's the ultimately. What's the thing?
0: That's a great transition. Let's go. Let's go to our next chart here. Okay. You know, normalization. We're, let's talk about that. Okay. So we've got this chart right here. This is over the last year. These are these are inbound emission TEU volumes coming to the United States. Now, to be clear, this isn't customs data. Customs data is going to look a little different from this. This is the bookings, right? So these are these are daily booking volumes. Um, of TEUs that are, you know, um, as of this morning, going to be shipped from foreign ports headed to the United States. So good rule of thumb is typically, you know, what you see here tends to show up at ports and clear customs sometimes in 60 to 90 days out. Depending on, you know, the port congestion that can be greater or less, but that's a good rule of thumb. So we've seen this big decline here, and actually I don't want to spend a lot of time on this chart, Uh, but so that's it. Volumes are down and they're down, down approximately 35%, quick mm-hmm. mental math okay? Let's jump right to the next chart here real quick, okay? I want to I skip this one and um, this is the important one here. So this is ocean volumes, specifically from China to the United States. So before we are looking at everything that comes to the United States, which is down about 35% from its peak or this time last year. Now we've got China to the US specifically. Mm-hmm. So yellow arrow is there today. Okay, and then the pink arrow is October of 2019. It's probably a little hard to see on the screen, but today we are slightly above where we were in October of 2019. And the white line all the way on the right, probably hard to see on the screen, is, is the future bookings. So those are bookings yes. that have already been placed for the future, and they are down almost to 2019 levels So of October. Yes. So that's really what's being said here. So yes, we are normalizing from a demand perspective. But we don't live in the same world that we did in 2019.
1: No, I mean, I think, Tony. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like it, it normalization. Yeah, everything else has changed, right? Yes. I mean, everything's more expensive. I mean, look at the inflation numbers. The ever, yeah. All of that is... his uh, English cucumbers that I buy
0: in the grocery store, those are 50 cents more cucumber than they were two years ago. I know. I see what you're doing in the grocery stores.
1: But I mean, this, this chart's great. And... I think it's I mean it's important to note, I mean, you look at that bump, right? Look yeah. at where we were, say, two weeks ago, and then you see a bump last week. Yeah. That bump right now is Golden Week in China, which is a national holiday very similar to mm-hmm. Chinese New Year, where manufacturing things slow down. So it was a pull forward to get things off of yes. the docks and start moving them to the US prior to Golden Week and you do see that slowdown immediately after yeah. when it shut down. But look at where we were prior to any uptick there. And it's That level was basically the equivalent of 2019. And yes. I think that's the part to note is, I mean, Henry wrote his article, I think it was June 7th, yes. talking about that big decline we saw in, in this index mm-hmm. back in the back half of May saying, I see it coming. Yeah. Now, what some of it didn't was these backlogs, right, that we saw at the ports were so large that it took a while to see any indication. You start looking at some of the, I mean, look at import levels at LA Long Beach. Everybody's going to yeah. point that, hey, things shifted to the East Coast. Yes, right. that is true. That did happen. But LA Long Beach is still the largest port in, port complex in the yes. country by a lot. And they saw volumes decline 17% year over year. I mean, that yeah. is a massive decline in in August, and you start looking at September's data, and it doesn't look much better. No. And I think that's the It's like, yes, there was some shift, but you can't take all of LA and Long Beach and shift it to the East Coast. It's just right. not possible. LA and Long Beach is double the size of New
0: York, New Jersey, and that yeah. is after New York, New York, New Jersey has already grown by double-digit percentage yeah. points to get to half of its size. and. Even though that shift is happening there, Tony, we're beginning to see it kind of dwindle a little bit. It's it's losing steam. It's coming down as well, the East Coast ports. Um, and so you're 100% right. So, the, the moral of the story is from a demand perspective, we are hitting those 2019 levels. Different ports and trade lanes are kind of hitting them at different paces, mm-hmm. but we are effectively there, or yeah. right, or within a stone's throw from it. Yeah. Um, and to go on, the, the question really, and this is where I want to focus is, there's been a lot of questions on rates and everything. We haven't done a lot of focus on the show about ocean rates. Let's go ahead and pull up the ocean spot rates um, and container rates from China to the U- to the West Coast. Okay, and this is really going to be the fate of a lot of those eastern, mm-hmm. you know, East Coast trade lanes, right? As we've just seen, overall imports are down nearly at 2019 levels. It's not just China to the West Coast or China to, to Long Beach, right? It's not just those por- that that trade lane. It's everywhere, but. Since it did happen to the West Coast first, this is a great signal that we can look at for what to expect in some of those other train lanes. And if you look at this here, right, you know, this is over the last five years. Yellow line is today's rate sitting at just a hair over 2500 dollars for a 40-foot container from China to the West Coast. Pink arrow there is not 2019. That's October of 2018. Mm-hmm. It's the same number of October
1: of 2018. Yeah. The same number. And I think it's really important to note. Look at that big jump we saw right in July of last year. Yes, and there was a change in the methodology because the rates at the time weren't indicative of some of the surcharges and things yeah. going on. So this this index itself, the methodology has changed to basically show the market better than what it was prior. So I mean, yes. guess what? I mean, it, it to me, you have to think. I mean, looking at this in comparison, you start seeing. You talk about 2018. October 2018, 2019, the beginning of 2019, tariffs were set to come into place, right? Mm-hmm. Against Chinese goods. There was this pull forward of freight in the back half of or 2018, rates increased, right? We're at that level now, yeah. and there's no pull forward of demand. I mean, demand is just, I don't, it is, I mean, it feels like it's collapsing. I mean, we're talking about a 16% decline in this rate week over week. 16%. Massive. It's massive. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's what it's like, it's not a capacity thing. How hard is it to build a, one of these 20,000 TEU vessels? Uh, my son's got like 12 of them in his bathtub right now, so <laughs> yeah. easy to It's not, It's not like adding truckload capacity to the market. Right. right? It's slow, slow process. That, and there's what, 50, we'll say 15 ocean carriers, right? right. 10 ocean carriers have 90% of the capacity, Yeah, right? They can control the capacity, right? right. They can pull capacity off of certain lanes mm-hmm. as demand falls. Right. They're trying to do that. They're increasing the number of blank sailings. That's what they were doing in 2019 because rates were so low, they wanted to try to prop them up because there was no demand. They're doing the same thing now. And the issue is, it's just really starting. And yep. that's the the part that concerns me is like, We've seen this massive decline, but it's like it doesn't really seem to be a floor yet. It hasn't flattened no. out. I mean, again, we're talking 16% decline week over week, week over week. Yeah, right.
0: Nearly, nearly 50% decline in booking volumes. Yeah, nearly. Um, and and that, that that's that, that's quite impactful. Yeah, and this isn't. I know, like for for a lot of folks that are watching, especially if you're watching this for the first time, it probably sounds like Tony and I are a lot of doom and gloom. That's not what this is. This is simply the reality of where we are. There is going to be a, n- a normalization of some kind, yeah. But we can't really compare it to the past because we haven't. This hasn't happened before. We're in unch- uncharted waters. Pun absolutely intended. So, really, kind of, there will there will kind of be a. I think I think we will we will stabilize a little bit. The yeah. question is where is that stabilization? Mm-hmm. And then I think after the dust settles, then we'll we'll kind of shift around a lot. But then again, right? There's there's a lot of other uncertainties that could shake things up, right? Political uncertainties, potential wars that could continue to escalate, that could shoot things back up. Yeah, that, that's the thing. This could all change tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. Right? The, I mean, I mean, look what COVID did, right? Twenty twenty was set up to not be a great year no. for freight, and it COVID <laughs> happened, and it set up the best two year bull run, like of all time. Pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. So, I mean, the, there's definitely catalysts out there that can yes. change this very quickly. And yes. it's, it isn't to say, it's like you said, it's not doom and gloom. It's just, all right, we talk about 2019 a lot in comparison to what we're talking about now, ignoring 2020 and 2021, almost like they never happened, which is crazy to me because yes. they did. And that is reality. But you think about what 2019 was especially shifting kind of back domestically, you saw a record mm-hmm. number of bankruptcies. So, I mean, these are yeah. trends. If we're headed that direction, which it sure seems like we are, it is set up yes. for a not a great outlook in 2023. Yeah. 2023 could be a tough figure. And
0: I think what's important to take away here, whether where, you're a shipper, a carrier, uh, a, a yeah. freight forwarder, a you know, 3PL, wherever your role is, or, or even, you know, maybe you're on the financial side of the markets. This is, the important thing here is, you you have you, you still have some time to pivot. Yeah, you still have some time to make some really strategic moves here. I think some some of the cares that that you know we, we talked about this briefly. Some some cares that position themselves some, themselves very well. Um, I know th- there's a handful of JB Hunt, Knight a couple of others did very very well. And they didn't buy too many assets. Yep. Right. And in fact, they actually removed some of their used assets when truck prices were as high as they were, so that they could take that money and kind of set it aside mm-hmm. for the future right so they have a little bit of cash to weather the storm right so you know things like this That you know this, this is just the reality of the market we're all going through downturns right the stock market is doing down right now right hope it, it's the same thing right you wouldn't put money in the stock market and hope that it goes up if you need that money to maybe pay your bills next month yeah you put money in the stock market that you're like my time horizon is 5 10 15 20 30 years yep. right cuz you know that you can withstand those those times this is the same thing
1: yeah and i mean i think you make a great point i mean you saw the big enterprise carriers really what differs between say 2018 and 2021 mm-hmm. and 2022 carriers didn't grow they grew their fleets by a lot and i mean right. they were constantly buying new equipment and they're still buying new equipment sure. but they're not growing their fleet size the way they did back in 2018 yep. and that's the big difference that these big Smart. carriers they didn't go and just grow, grow, grow. Yeah. They were very strategic. They were like, this this isn't sustainable. It will come back down. And we don't want to be set here oversupplied with too much equipment that we can't really see, which was an issue, another issue that they had that yeah. part of probably part of the reason they didn't grow. But these smaller guys that went and entered the market on their own. I mean, age, they're going to be sky
0: high prices for the truck, insurance was sky
1: high, yeah. All fuel, all I mean, of their costs are or exponentially higher than what they were, and yeah. I think that's the key to remember: is these guys were all buying in at a high price, and that price is now bottomed. It's like if you bought Bitcoin at sixty thousand, and now it's thinking spot rates are going to stay at three fifty, and now they've come yeah. down to two dollars and seventy five cents. It's a big drop, and if you what you were thinking when you did that, so I mean that's where. It is important to stay on top yes. of this and use the data to make—I don't to say make necessarily—make your strategic decisions, but give you a a why. I think if you can say pinpoint yeah. to a why, it makes that decision making a little easier. We're,
0: we're skipping over something very important here, and that for folks watching, Tony just said to
1: go all in on Bitcoin. <laughs> that um, is not not
0: financial <laughs> advice. Not. But also, I no, I'll tease it. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> I won't get us in trouble. We're going to get in trouble if we go down the route. But anyways, no, you're absolutely right. This, this, has, been a good, this has been a good episode. You know what would be, um, for, for any folks who have joined late and you aren't aware, though, we're getting close towards the end of time here. Um, Tony and I were talking about at the beginning of the show, and we're going, to, we're going to talk a lot more about this. In fact, you're actually going to be able to hear some of our customers' perspective. We're going to have some customers who are shippers, carriers, and 3PLs all actually talk about some of this at our next event, mm-hmm. F3, um, coming up in November. Um, so going to be a great time there, F3. You can sign up. I think they're actually still doing a discount on the tickets right now.
1: Yeah, you you got to act now. I think prices go up October 15th. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, if you want it for a discounted price, right now is the time to buy those and tickets. And if you
0: want a super discounted price, you could email me, in which case I'll make a lot of promises I can't keep. <laughs> but it never hurts to
1: ask. That's the sales guy.
0: Yes. <laughs> Never hurts to ask and I'll see, see if I can shake any trees, but uh, don't, don't, don't get your hopes up. But anyways, no, it's going to be a great event. F3 November 1st through the 3rd, um, going to be, going to be a great time. Yeah. Um, especially the experiences. going to yes. be a good time to talk to people and even just. Kind of get to know people outside of the professional world. So yep. I'm excited about that Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Anyways, folks, it's been a great episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, you know, leave us a comment or a like on social media. Otherwise, tune in next week live 3:30 Eastern Time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.